such encouraging words. The Lord your God is with you wherever you go. This morning I'd like us to look at this change of ministry that Joshua is experiencing. He has been with Moses all the way through from from when they first went in to spy out the land right through and now he is being called upon to take over when Moses has died. There are several things I would like us to, to note from this not only with respect to encouragement for Leslie and Chris in their moving forward in ministry, but also for each one of us, because the Lord calls us to our own situations, whatever situation we find ourselves in, that is what the Lord has called us to. The first thing is, in our, with our title, The Lord Your God Is With You, the first thing is go. The Lord calls and sends you. The Lord calls and sends us into whatever situation we find ourselves in. After the death of Moses, the Lord called Joshua into ministry. But the important thing is that the Lord calls leaders, the Lord calls people, the Lord calls individuals into ministry, into situations, not simply for our own encouragement and benefit, but for the service of others. After the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant. He said, Moses, my servant, is dead. Therefore, the time has come for you to lead these people. The Lord commissions Joshua he gives them a job of leading the people. Moses had already led the people, but what do they do now that Moses is gone? Moses was a great man. He led them out of slavery in Egypt all the way through the wilderness into within sight of the Jordan River almost. But he had died before they were going to cross over the Jordan and they were without a leader they might have been perplexed. What should they do? They have no leader. Who will lead us now? They might have thought. But if they were only looking to Moses, they would have been making a mistake. Because Moses wasn't simply their leader. Moses was the one whom God had appointed for a time to lead them. And when Moses has died, they still had God and he would provide another leader for them. Ultimately, it wasn't Moses who was the source of their blessing. It was God. Throughout the Old Testament, with the Israelites had one leader after another, so too in the church the Lord provides one leader after another, somebody to minister, then somebody else comes on and follows on after them. Just like the Israelites should have realized that it wasn't just Moses who was on their side, but it was God. So too, in a situation like where Chris and Leslie are, where somebody has moved on, there's a need. There's a ministry situation and there's a need for somebody to step into it. That it is God who will provide for that need. 
when a pastor leaves a church, sometimes the church feels rudderless, leaderless. But they need to realize that God is still leading them and providing and caring for them and will provide another leader for them. So too, Joshua was God's man to help them, to lead them on. It was God who was providing for them in the person of Joshua. In both the Old and the New Testaments, we read of times where God spectacularly calls people into ministry by speaking to them, through them hearing a voice from God. For example, in 1 Samuel chapter 3, we hear of Samuel hearing the voice of God. Or in the New Testament, there's Paul on the Damascus Road where he encounters Christ and he hears the voice of Christ speaking to him. There are also times more commonly when God calls people into ministry in less spectacular ways. The Levites inherited their ministry. It wasn't a special call, a voice from heaven for each one. And yet for others, there was a clear call, such as Isaiah. Then I heard the Lord asking, Whom should I send as a messenger to this people? Who will go for us? He said, Here I am. Send me. In the New Testament era, we don't have the the spectacular calls of God like the Damascus Road experience or the, the visions that Isaiah had very often. More commonly, it's, it's an internal call that we, we sense the Lord's calling. We have a burden. We sense the Lord's leading. And on the one hand, that, ha- that is within us. But on the other hand, there's the church, often a mission organization working in support of a church, recognizes the calling and the, and the ability and the leading of the Lord for different people to go into to ministry. There's that internal call. There's the external call. These two witnesses who guarantee and, and affirm the, the calling and direction of the Lord. And Leslie and Chris have had that internal call themselves and they've had that external call as well. And it's also important to notice that the, the promise to Moses for the people to cross over the land on their own was not Moses's promise, but it was God's promise that was given initially to Moses and then it was given to, to Joshua. The promise did not cancel. The promise wasn't canceled when Moses died. The promise that Moses was give, that the people would inherit the land which was given to Moses, is the promise that is handed on to Joshua. The Lord says to Joshua, I promise you what I promised Moses. Wherever you set foot, you will be on land I have given you. God promises to bless his people. The blessing is God's. And leaders like Joshua, leaders like pastors, leaders like those in ministry, are simply the the people through whom God blesses. So be encouraged, Leslie and Chris. The Lord is sending you to be a blessing to the people to whom you're going to. He is the source of blessing and he is handing on the mantle of blessing through you, just like he did through Joshua and to the Israelites.
it came to mind that very often the the role of being called and starting off a ministry happens at a much younger age, as we see with Ashleen. <laughs> but to reflect the words of Paul to Timothy, where he said, don't be too concerned about your youth, Timothy. Don't let people despise you because of your youth. I would say as well, don't be too worried about your gray hairs. So often in the Lord's ministry, in the Lord's plans, with the passing of years, we gain more experience, we gain more maturity. And although in the, the business world, the older you get, the, the slower you get, the less is expected of you. In God's ministry, the later years tend to be the most significant years, the most productive years. Moses began his ministry when he was 80 years old. And Joshua had already been ministering alongside him for 40 years, so he wasn't a spring chicken either. So the Lord will strengthen you. The Lord will encourage you. The Lord will use you. Second, after going, we need to trust that the Lord your God is with us. The Lord your God is with you. Being in leadership in some churches can have its challenges. Some churches are more difficult. Some pastors find that their situation is much more difficult than others. Their people are more like the Israelites who were grumbling and rebellious and they have a hard time. At other times, it is a joy to minister amongst God's people because their focus is on serving the Lord. Their focus is on the Lord and they just want to walk with Him. Regardless of what situation you find yourself in, the, the Lord will be with you. The words of Moses in Exodus 33 come to mind. And he said to him, if your presence will not go with me, do not bring us up from here. Moses said to the Lord. And God had said, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. The Lord promises his presence with us when he calls us, when he sends us, when he walks with us into ministry. And so too the promise to Joshua was that God would go with him no one will be able to stand against you as long as you live, for I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not fail you or abandon you, for I will be with you. Those words echo down through the whole of the Bible that God promises to be with us. In Isaiah 41, we're very familiar with those encouraging words. Don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. And Jesus promises the same too. In the Great Commission, to go and make disciples, he finishes with these words. And be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Joshua's success in ministry depended not on his ability, not his ingenuity, not his skill as a leader, but on God's presence with him. No one will be able to stand against you as long as you live, for I will be with you. 
we tend naturally to trust in our own strength, our own abilities, our own talents. But to the extent that we're trusting in ourselves and not God, we can't expect to be blessed. But when we are aware of our own weakness, when we are aware that we need to submit our talents and abilities to God and let him use them, then we can expect blessing from him. So be strong and courageous. The Lord encourages us. The Lord encourages you. Be strong and courageous, for you're the one who will lead these people to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors I would give them. The Lord says to Joshua, God's will is guaranteed. It will come about. He made a promise he will fulfill it. So be strong and courageous, Joshua is told. He is told, be strong and very courageous. This is my command again in verse 9. Three times we read this in this passage. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Joshua had a difficult job. He needed to be strong. He needed to be courageous. But he wasn't doing it in his own strength. He had the Lord with him. This call to be strong and courageous, though, is not simply one which is limited to those in the very special and particular and few leadership situations. This call to be strong and courageous is one that God gives to each one of us. Not only has this phrase echoed through Solomon, through Hezekiah, in other places in God's word, we read it again in Psalm 31, verse 24. So be strong and courageous, all you who put your hope in the Lord. This is a, a command, this is an encouragement to every one of us, to each one of us who put our hope in the Lord, to be strong and courageous in whatever situation we find ourselves in. Fourthly, follow the Lord closely. That's what he commands us. The blessings of the Lord are, are linked in some way to our obedience to him. We know we cannot lose our salvation. If the Lord has called us, if we have been adopted into his family, we can't be unadopted. We might sometimes be unsure and mistaken about who's who, and, but the Lord knows the heart and will reveal that when he comes again. We cannot lose our salvation. But we can lose some of the closeness that we have with the Lord in our walk with him. We can be closer or we can be more distant. We can be wandering or we can be following closely in his footsteps. Joshua was told, be strong and very courageous. But then he was told, be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left. Then you will be successful in everything you do. Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night, so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. 
Joshua's success is linked to his obedience and following closely. His success is guaranteed, but it needs to be in the process of following closely with the Lord. The scriptures he had at that time were the first five books of the Bible. The book of Joshua is the sixth book of the Bible. He only had what was written up until that point in time. The whole of scripture had not yet been given, but he had enough. He had the Ten Commandments, he had the law, he had the example. The, the, there was so much in that already. He knew how to walk with the Lord. He knew what it meant. And this same command is given to us too. We have God's word even more expanded. And we are to study, we are to follow the teaching of the Bible, to apply it, to obey it. We are not to deviate from it. And the Lord will bless us when we do that. Fifthly, and my last point, well almost, is that we're to follow God's ultimate victor, trust in Christ Jesus. Forgive the, uh, the lack of capitalization there, that typo on the screen. Ultimately, it is not Joshua who is going to be the, the victor. Ultimately, the victory is guaranteed. Joshua's victory is guaranteed because Jesus has overcome sin. He's overcome the devil. He's overcome death. The victory that Joshua would have would be because God has promised, because God has overcome the world in Christ Jesus. Joshua's victory was a reflection. It was facilitated because of Christ's victory. Joshua's victory over crossing over, over taking over the land, which was also the judgment on those who had sinned, just like Sodom and Gomorrah was a judgment on those who had sinned. Them taking over the land was, on the one hand, their blessing, but on the other hand, the punishment of those who were already in the land. Their sin had become so bad. But the victory was guaranteed because Christ has overcome the world. The strength and courage that Joshua could have was possible only by the power of the Holy Spirit working in him. The Spirit of Christ working in him. The blessing, the success and the hope of assurance of victory, the inheritance ahead was only possible because of God's grace and mercy. That inheritance that Jesus Christ has secured for his people. Crossing over the Jordan, inheriting the land. For them it was a very big thing, a very practical thing. For us now we see that it was also an illustration of us inheriting the land, the new earth, the victory that Christ has gained over sin and death. The enemy of God's people has been defeated. Christ has defeated Satan. Christ has defeated sin. He's overcome sin. He has defeated death by rising again from the dead. 
And so all the victories we have are reflections of his cosmic victory for us. And so the victory that Joshua would have, the victory that we have in daily situations and practical situations are all because of what Christ has done. So in a very real way, the scriptures here in Joshua chapter 1, we don't see Christ's name written in any of the words, but we see the imprint of Christ in this whole passage. As Jesus was saying to the the two disciples on the Emmaus Road, he began and showed them throughout all of Scripture, all of the Old Testament up to that point, how all these things pointed to the Messiah. They didn't know it was him who was speaking to them, but he showed them in all ways how every passage, every situation in the Old Testament pointed to Christ. Joshua chapter 1 points to Christ as well. Joshua inheriting the land, the people being blessed, these things point to the victory that Christ has had and the blessing that comes from his victory. And we receive that, we partake in that through faith in him. The Israelites had to cross the river, go into the land physically, walk but we receive the blessing we enter into that new community we own that inheritance ahead when we place our faith in Christ and we then begin to walk and follow him too as we come to a close I could add even a sixth point but let me just make it a a little one It's just to note that leadership in God's work is not like leadership in the world's sense. It's not lording it over people. It's not the boss at the top of a company getting such a a massive wage or salary based upon all the workers serving him or her. In Christian ministry, the Lord Jesus gave us uh, the example, the template of being a servant. He washed the disciples' feet. He suffered. He is the suffering servant that Isaiah spoke of. He suffered on the cross. And Joshua has to follow in the footsteps of Moses, who is described as Moses, my servant. This is servant ministry. Joshua followed in the footsteps of a servant leader. And each pastor, each Christian worker has to lead in a servant-like manner, serving the people, which is very different from a worldly form of leadership. So there are many ways in which, from Joshua chapter 1, we can be encouraged, and you should be encouraged Leslie and Chris, as you make this move, as you prepare for this move ahead. From Joshua chapter 1, let's be encouraged, each one of us, whether in leadership ministry, church ministry, vocational or work, which is a ministry of a kind, ministering at home or 
relationship ministry or in whatever context that might happen to be. Let's be encouraged that the Lord is with us wherever we go. And let's follow him closely. And let's have a servant heart. And let's trust in him. We can do it because he is with us. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and very courageous. No one will be able to stand against you as long as you live. For I will be with you, says the Lord. For the Lord God is with you wherever you go. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your grace and your mercy towards us. Lord, we thank you that you have overcome sin, death. Lord, you have called us into the, the light, into the, the wonderful grace of a new relationship with you. We thank you that you have overcome sin and death. We thank you that you're the victor. We thank you that you're the one who has pioneered the way forward. Lord, you're the ultimate pioneer. And we simply walk in your footsteps. Lord, we pray for each one who is in ministry. We pray for each one who is in a situation where we have to witness to you. Lord, that means every one of us. That each of us will be encouraged. That we will be courageous. That we will know that you are with us in whatever situation we find ourselves in. Lord, help us to keep close to you. Help us to follow you closely and help us to anticipate the blessing, the success, Lord, the, the many ways in which you will show us your power at work. Lord, we thank you. We have a, an almighty and powerful God. And we pray, Lord, that you will show us your power and your blessing. In Jesus' name, amen.